Nehemiah chapter 1 Loss of Jerusalem These are the words of Nehemiah, Hakaliah's son. In the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the fortress city of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came with some other men from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had escaped and survived the captivity, and about Jerusalem. They told me, Those in the province who survived the captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall around Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Confession When I heard this news, I sat down and wept. I mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God, you are the one who keeps covenant and is truly faithful to those who love you and keep your commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I now pray before you night and day for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins of the people of Israel, which we have committed against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have wronged you greatly. We haven't kept the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you gave to your servant Moses when you said, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments by really doing them, then even though your outcasts live under distant skies, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place that I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people. They are the ones whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in honoring your name. Please give success to your servant today and grant him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah chapter 2 Cupbearer's Plea At that time I was a cupbearer to the king. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, the king was about to be served wine. I took the wine and gave it to the king. Since I had never seemed sad in his presence, the king asked me, Why do you seem sad? Since you aren't sick, you must have a broken heart. I was very afraid and replied, May the king live forever. Why shouldn't I seem sad when the city, the place of my family's graves, is in ruins and its gates destroyed by fire? The king asked, What is it that you need? I prayed to the God of heaven and replied, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, please send me to Judah, to the city of my family's graves, so that I may rebuild it. With the queen sitting beside him, the king asked me, How long will you be away, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I told him how long I would be gone. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may letters be given me addressed to the governors of the province beyond the river to allow me to travel to Judah. May the king also issue a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, directing him to supply me with timber for the beams and the temple fortress gates, for the city wall, and for the house in which I will live. The king gave me what I asked, for the gracious power of my God was with me. 
inspecting Jerusalem. So I went to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. The king had sent officers of the army and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard this, they were angry that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. When I reached Jerusalem and had been there for three days, I set out at night, taking only a few people with me. I didn't tell anyone what my God was prompting me to do for Jerusalem, and the only animal I took was the one I rode. I went out by night through the valley gate, past the dragon spring, to the dung gate, so that I could inspect the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down, as well as its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the spring gate and to the king's pool. Since there was no room for the animal on which I was riding to pass, I went up by way of the valley by night and inspected the wall. Then I turned back and returned by entering through the valley gate. Let's rebuild. The officials didn't know where I had gone or what I was doing. I hadn't yet told the Jews, the priests, the officials, the officers, or the rest who were to do the work. So I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in. Jerusalem is in ruins and its gates are destroyed by fire. Come, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we won't continue to be in disgrace. I told them that my God had taken care of me and also told them what the king had said to me. Let's start rebuilding, they said, and they eagerly began the work. But when Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it. They mocked and made fun of us. What are you doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? The God of heaven will give us success, I replied. As God's servants, we will start building. But you will have no share, right, or claim in Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 3 Rebuilding the Gates and Walls Then Eliashib the high priest set to work with his fellow priests and built the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, then dedicated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The people of Jericho built next to them, and Zakur Imri's son built next to them. The children of Hassanah built the Fish Gate. They laid its beams and set up its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, Uriah's son, and Hakoz's grandson made repairs. Meshalam, Berechiah's son, and Meshazizabel's grandson made repairs next to them. And Zadok, Baana's son, made repairs next to them. Next to them, the people from Tekoa made repairs, but their officials wouldn't help with the work of their supervisors. Joiada, Paseah's son, and Meshalam, Besodeiah's son, repaired the Mishnah gate. They laid its beams and set up its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, repairs were made by Melatiah the Gibeonite, Jadon the Maranathite, and the people of Gibeon and of Mizpah, who were ruled by the governor of the province beyond the river. Uziel, Harahiah's son, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs next to them, and Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs next to him. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Rephiah, Hur's son, 
ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. Next to them, Jediah, Haromaf's son, made repairs opposite his house, and Hatush, Hashabaniah's son, made repairs next to him. Machahiah, Maharim's son, and Hashub, Pahath Moab's son, repaired another section and the tower of the ovens. Next to them, Shalom, Halohesh's son, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs along with his daughters. Hanun and the people of Zanoah repaired the valley gate. They built it and set up its doors, bolts, and bars. They also repaired 1,500 feet of the wall as far as the dung gate. Malkiah, Rechab's son, ruler of the district of Beth Hacharem, repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and set up its doors, bolts, and bars. And Shalom, Kol Jose's son, ruler of the Mizpah district, repaired the spring gate. He rebuilt and covered it, and set up its doors, bolts, and bars. He also built the wall of the pool of Shelah, of the king's garden, and as far as the stairs that go down from David's city. After him, Nehemiah, Azbuk's son, ruler of half of the Bethzur district, repaired from the point opposite David's tombs as far as the artificial pool and the warrior's house. After him, the Levites made repairs. Rehum, Bani's son, and next to him, Hashabiah, ruler of half the district of Kela, made repairs for his district. After him, their relatives made repairs. Binui, Hanadad's son, ruler of half the district of Kela. Next to him, Izer, Jeshua's son, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him, Baruch, Zabai's son, thoroughly repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of the high priest, Eliashib. After him, Meramoth, Uriah's son, and Hakoz's grandson, repaired another section from the door to the back of Eliashib's house. After him, the priests from the surrounding area made repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashub made repairs opposite their house. After them, Azariah, Maasiah's son and Ananiah's grandson, repaired beside his house. After him, Benui Hanadad's son repaired another section from the house of Azariah to the angle and to the corner. Palal, Uzai's son, repaired from the point opposite the angle and the tower projecting from the upper house of the king at the court of the guard. After him, Padiah, Parosha's son, and the temple servants living in Ophel made repairs up to the opposite point, the water gate, to the east, and the projecting tower. After them, the people of Tekoa repaired another section opposite the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. From the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each one opposite his own house. After them, Zadok Immerson made repairs opposite his own house. After him, Shemaiah Shekaniah's son, the keeper of the east gate, made repairs. After him, Hananiah Shelemiah's son and Hanun Zalaf's sixth son repaired another section. After them, Meshulam Barachiah's son made repairs opposite his own room. After him, Malchiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the parade gate and as far as the upper room at the corner. And between the upper room of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs. 
Nehemiah chapter 4 Opposition Mounts When Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he became angry and raged. He mocked the Jews, saying in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore things themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the piles of rubble even though they are burned? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, added, If even a fox climbs on whatever they build, their wall of stones will crumble. Listen, God, we are despised. Turn their insults to us back on their heads and make them like plunder in a captive land. Don't forgive their iniquity or blot out their sins from your sight. They have thrown insults at the builders. We continued to build the wall. All of it was joined together, and it reached half of its intended height because the people were eager to work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the work on the walls was progressing and the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to create a disturbance in it. So we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. But in Judah it was said, The carrier's strength is failing, for there is too much rubble. We are unable to rebuild the wall. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know or see anything, we can be in their midst and start to kill them. We'll stop the work. Now the Jews who were living near them came and said to us again and again, You must return to us. Armed guards protect the builders. So I took up a position in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall in an open area. Then I stationed the people by families and they had their swords, spears, and bows. After reviewing this, I stood up and said to the officials, the officers, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember that the Lord is great and awesome. Fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Then our enemies heard that we had found out and that God had spoiled their plans. So we all returned to doing our own work on the wall. But from that day on, only half of my workers continued in the construction, while the other half held the spears, shields, bows, and body armor. Meanwhile, the leaders positioned themselves behind the whole house of Judah, who were building the wall. The carriers did their work with a load in one hand and a weapon in the other. The builders built the swords, fastened in their belts, and the trumpeters stayed by my side. Then I said to the officials, the officers, and the rest of the people, The work is very spread out, and we are far apart from each other along the wall. When you hear the trumpet sound, Come and gather where we are. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work, with half of them holding spears from dawn until dusk. I also said to the people at that time, Let every man and his servant spend the night in Jerusalem so that we can guard during the night and work during the day. Neither I nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor my bodyguards took off our clothes even when they sent for water. Nehemiah chapter 5 Internal Unrest Then there was a great protest of the people and their wives against their fellow Jews. Some said, With our sons and daughters we are many, 
and we all need grain to eat and stay alive. Others said, we have to mortgage our fields, our vineyards, and our houses in order to get grain during the famine. Still others said, we have had to borrow money against our fields and vineyards in order to pay the king's tax. We are of the same flesh and blood as our kin, and our children are the same as theirs. Yet we are just about to force our sons and daughters into slavery, and some of our daughters are already slaves. There is nothing we can do since our fields and vineyards now belong to others. I was very angry when I heard their protest and these complaints. After thinking it over, I brought charges against the officials and the officers. I told them, You are all taking interest from your own people. I also called for a large assembly in order to deal with them. To the best of our ability, I said to them, We have bought back our Jewish kin who had been sold to other nations, but now you are selling your own kin who must then be bought back by us. At this they were silent unable to offer a response. So I continued, What you are doing isn't good. Why don't you walk in the fear of our God? This will prevent the taunts of the nations that are our enemies. I myself, along with my family and my servants, am lending them money and grain. But let's stop charging this interest. Give it back to them right now. Return their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, and their houses, and give back the interest on money, grain, wine, and oil that you are charging them. They replied, We'll return everything, and we won't charge anything else. We'll do what you asked. So I called the priests and made them swear to do what they had promised. I also shook out the fold of my robe, saying, so may God shake out everyone from their house and property if they don't keep this promise. So may they be shaken out and emptied. The whole assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Generous Governor Nehemiah In addition, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, that is, from the 20th to the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, for a total of 12 years, neither I nor my family ate from the governor's food allowance. The earlier governors who had come before me laid heavy burdens on the people. They took food and wine from them as well as 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants oppressed the people, but because I was God-fearing, I didn't behave in this way. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. We acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. 150 Jews and officials, along with those who came to us from the surrounding nations, gathered around my table. One ox, six choice sheep, and birds were prepared each day. Every ten days there was a large amount of wine, yet even with this I didn't ask for the governor's food allowance because of the heavy burden the people had to carry. Remember in my favor, my God, all that I've done for his people. Nehemiah chapter 6 Nehemiah avoids his enemies. Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no gaps left in it, although I hadn't yet hung the doors and the gates, 
Sanbalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let's meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they wanted to harm me, so I sent messengers to tell them. I'm doing important work, so I can't come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it to come down to you? They sent me a message like this four times, and every time I gave them a similar reply. But the fifth time, Sanbalat sent his servant to me in the same way, except that now he carried an open letter. It stated, It is reported among the nations and confirmed by Geshem that you and the Jews intend to rebel. This is why you are rebuilding the wall. According to these reports, you intend to become their king. You have also appointed prophets to make this announcement about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now the king will hear of these reports. So come, let's talk together. So I sent him this reply. Nothing that you say has happened. You are simply inventing this. All of them were trying to make us afraid, saying, They will be discouraged and the work won't get finished. But now God strengthened me. Later I went to see Shemaiah, Deliah's son, and Mehetabel's grandson, who was confined to his house, and he said, Let's meet together in God's house, inside the temple itself. Let's shut the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, Should someone like me run away? Who like me would go into the temple to save his life? I won't go in. Then I realized that God hadn't sent him at all, but that he spoke this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was hired to frighten me and to make me sin by acting in this way. Then they could give me a bad name and discredit me. My God, remember these deeds of Tobiah and Sanballat. Also remember Noadiah, the prophetess, and the rest of the prophets who have been trying to frighten me. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul. It took 52 days. When our enemies heard about this, all of the nations around us were afraid, and their confidence was greatly shaken. They knew that this work was completed with the help of our God. In addition, in those days, the officials of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters were coming to them. Many in Judah were bound to him by solemn pledge because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, Ara's son, and his son, Jehohanan, had married the daughter of Meshulam, Berechiah's son. They also kept talking about his good deeds in my presence, and then reported back to him what I said. In addition, Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. Nehemiah chapter 7 The wall is complete. When the wall had been built and I had hung the doors, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. Then I put my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, in charge of Jerusalem. Hananiah was a faithful man who revered God more than many. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem aren't to be opened during the hottest time of the day. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Also, appoint guards from among those who live in Jerusalem. Station some at their watchposts and some in front of their own houses. Nehemiah registers the families. 
Now, although the city was wide and large, only a few people were living within it, and no houses had been rebuilt. My god then prompted me to assemble the officials, the officers, and the people, so that they could be registered by families. I found the record of the families who were the first to return, and I found the following written in it. These are the people of the province who returned from the captivity of those exiles whom Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile. They all returned to Jerusalem and Judah, every one to their own town. They came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Raamiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispereth, Bigvai, Nahum, and Baana. The number of the people of Israel. The family of Parosh, 2172. Of Shephatiah, 372. Of Era, 652. Of Pahath Moab, that is, of the descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2818. Of Elam, 1254. Of Zatu, 845. Of Zakai, 760. Of Binui, 648. Of Bebai, 628. Of Asgad, 2322. Of Adonikam, 667. Of Bigvai, 2067. Of Adin, 655. Of Ater, that is, of the descendants of Hezekiah, 98. Of Hashum, 328. Of Bezai, 324. Of Harif, 112. Of Gibeon, 95. The people of Bethlehem and Netophah, 188. Of Anathoth, 128. Of Beth Asmaveth, 42. Of Kiriath Jirim, Chephira, and Beeroth, 743. Of Rama and Giba, 621. Of Michmas, 122. Of Bethel and Ai, 123. Of the other Nebo, 52. The inhabitants of the other Elam, 1,254. Of Harim, 320. Of Jericho, 345. Of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. Of Sena'a, 3,930. The priests, the descendants of Jediah, that is, of the house of Jeshua, 973. Of Immer, 1,052. Of Pashur, 1,247. Of Harim, 1,017. The Levites, the descendants of Jeshua, that is, of Kadmiel, of the descendants of Hodaviah, 74. The singers, the descendants of Asaph, 148. The descendants of gatekeepers, of Shalom, Ater, Talmun, Akub, Hatida, and Shobai, 138. The temple servants, the descendants of Ziha, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Keros, Sia, Padon, Labana, Hagabah, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gahar, Reiaha, Rezin, Nekoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasea, Besai, Meunim, Nefushim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harur, Bazlith, Mehida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tema, Neziah, and Hatifa. The descendants of Solomon's servants, Sotai, Sophereth, Perida, Jaala, Darkon, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, 
Pokarath Hasabaim, and Ammon. All of the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants totaled 392. The following came up from Tel Melah, Tel Harsha, Cherub, Adon, and Amer, but were unable to prove that their family or their descent was from Israel. The descendants of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nekoda, 642. And of the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, Hakoz, and Barzillai, who had married one of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called by his name, looked for their entries in the genealogical records, but they weren't found there, so they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor ordered that they shouldn't eat of the most holy food until a priest arose who could consult Urim and Thummim. The whole assembly together totaled 42,360. This number doesn't include their 7,337 male and female servants. They also had 245 male and female singers, 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of families made a donation for the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold, 50 bowls, and 530 priestly robes. Some of the heads of families gave 20,000 derricks of gold and 2,200 manes of silver to the treasury for the work. The rest of the people gave 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,000 manes of silver, and 67 priestly robes. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel settled in their towns. Nehemiah chapter 8 Ezra reads the instruction aloud. When the seventh month came and the people of Israel were settled in their towns, all the people gathered together in the area in front of the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the instruction scroll from Moses, according to which the Lord had instructed Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the instruction before the assembly. This assembly was made up of both men and women and anyone who could understand what they heard. Facing the area in front of the water gate, he read it aloud. From early morning until the middle of the day, he read it in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand, and everyone listened attentively to the instruction scroll. Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that had been made for this purpose, and standing beside him were Matathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseiah on his right-hand side, while Pediah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashum, Hashbanana, Zechariah, and Meshulam stood on his left-hand side. Standing above all of the people, Ezra the scribe opened the scroll in the sight of all the people, and as he opened it, all of the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all of the people answered, Amen, Amen, while raising their hands. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Hamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maaseiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah, helped the people to understand the instruction while the people remained in their places. 
They read aloud from the scroll, the instruction from God, explaining and interpreting it so the people could understand what they heard. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all of the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Don't mourn or weep. They said this because all the people wept when they heard the words of the instruction. Go eat rich food and drink something sweet, he said to them, and send portions of this to any who have nothing ready. This day is holy to our Lord. Don't be sad, because the joy from the Lord is your strength. The Levites also calmed all of the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Don't be sad. Then all of the people went to eat and to drink, to send portions, and to have a great celebration, because they understood what had been said to them. The people celebrate the festival of booths. On the second day, the heads of the families of all the people, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered together around Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the instruction. And they found written in the instruction that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in booths during the festival of the seventh month. They also found that they should be making the following proclamation and announce it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out to the hills and bring branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make booths, as it is written. So the people went out and bought them and made booths for themselves, each on the roofs of their houses or their courtyards, in the courtyards of God's house, in the area by the water gate, or in the area by the gate of Ephraim. The whole assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in them. This was something that the people of Israel hadn't done since the days of Joshua, Nun's son, and there was a very great rejoicing. He read from God's instruction scroll every day, from the first until the last day of the festival. They kept the festival for seven days and held a solemn assembly on the eighth day, just as the instruction required. Nehemiah chapter 9 in the New Living Translation The people confessed their sins. On October 31st, the people assembled again. And this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read aloud to them. Then for three more hours they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord their God. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kenani stood on the stairway of the Levites and cried out to the Lord their God with loud voices. Then the leaders of the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Palathahiah, called out to the people, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed, May your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God 
who chose Abram and brought him from Ur of the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. You saw the misery of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard their cries from beside the Red Sea. You displayed miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh, his officials, and all his people, for you knew how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors. You have a glorious reputation that has never been forgotten. You divided the sea for your people so they could walk through on dry land, and then you hurled their enemies into the depths of the sea. They sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. You led our ancestors by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night so that they could find their way. You came down at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and instructions that were just and decrees and commands that were good. You instructed them concerning your holy Sabbath, and you commanded them, through Moses your servant, to obey all your commands, decrees, and instructions. You gave them bread from heaven when they were hungry, and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go and take possession of the land you had sworn to give them. But our ancestors were proud and stubborn, and they paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done for them. Instead, they became stubborn and appointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them, even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. But in your great mercy, you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them, and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Then you helped our ancestors conquer kingdoms and nations, and you placed your land in every corner of the land. They took over the land of King Sion of Heshbon and the land of King Og of Bashan. You made their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and brought them into the land you had promised to their ancestors. They went in and took possession of the land. You subdued whole nations before them. Even the Canaanites who inhabited the land were powerless. Your people could deal with these nations and their kings as they pleased. Our ancestors captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took over houses full of good things with cisterns already dug and vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate until they were full and grew fat and enjoyed themselves in all your blessings. But despite all this, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who warned them to return to you, and they committed terrible blasphemies. So you handed them over to their enemies who made them suffer. But in their time of trouble, they cried to you, and you heard them from heaven. In your great mercy, you sent them liberators who rescued them from their enemies. But as soon as they were at peace, 
your people again committed evil in your sight, and once more you let their enemies conquer them. Yet whenever your people turned and cried to you again for help, you listened once more from heaven. In your wonderful mercy, you rescued them many times. You warned them to return to your law, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They did not follow your regulations by which people will find life if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love, you were patient with them for many years. You sent your spirit who warned them through the prophets, but still they wouldn't listen. So once again, you allowed the peoples of the land to conquer them. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. What a gracious and merciful God you are. And now our God, the great and mighty and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love, do not let all the hardships we have suffered seem insignificant to you. Great trouble has come upon us and upon our kings and leaders and priests and prophets and ancestors, all of your people, from the days when the kings of Assyria first triumphed over us until now. Every time you punished us, you were being just. We have sinned greatly, and you gave us only what we deserved. Our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your law or listen to the warnings in your commands and laws. Even while they had their own kingdom, they did not serve you, though you showered your goodness on them. You gave them a large, fertile land, but they refused to turn from their wickedness. So now today we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in this good land. The lush produce of this land piles up in the hands of the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They have power over us and our livestock. We serve them at their pleasure and we are in great misery. The people agree to obey. The people responded, in view of all this, we are making a solemn promise and putting it in writing. On this sealed document are the names of our leaders and Levites and priests. Nehemiah chapter 10 in the New Living Translation. The document was ratified and sealed with the following names. The governor, Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, and also Zedekiah. The following priests, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pashur, Amariah, Malchijah, Hattush, Shebaniah, Malak, Harim, Meremoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Genethon, Baruch, Meshulam, Abijah, Mijamin, Meaziah, Bilgai, and Shemaiah. These were the priests. The following Levites, Jeshua, son of Azaniah, Binuai from the family of Henadad, Kadmiel and their fellow Levites, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Kalita, Peliah, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabiah, Zakur, Sherebiah, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Bani, and Beninu. The following leaders Perosh, Pehath Moab, Elam, Zatu, Bani, Buni, Asgad, Bebai, Adonijah, Bigvai, Adin, Ater, Hezekiah, Azur, Hodiah, Hashum, Bezai, Harif, Anathoth, Nabai, Magpiash, Meshulam, Hazir, Meshezabel, Zadok, Jadua, Pelatiah, Hanan, Aniah, Hoshea, Hananiah, Hashub, Halohesh, Pilha, Shobek, 
Rehum, Hashabna, Measiah, Ahaya, Hanan, Anan, Maluk, Harim, and Bayana, the vow of the people. Then the rest of the people, the priests, Levites, gatekeepers, singers, temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of God, together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand, joined their leaders and bound themselves with an oath. They swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the law of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We promise not to let our daughters marry the pagan people of the land and not to let our sons marry their daughters. We also promise that if the people of the land should bring any merchandise or grain to be sold on the Sabbath or on any other holy day, we will refuse to buy it. Every seventh year we will let our land rest, and we will cancel all debts owed to us. In addition, we promise to obey the command to pay the annual temple tax of one-eighth of an ounce of silver for the care of the temple of our God. This will provide for the bread of the presence, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths, the new moon celebrations, and the annual festivals, for the holy offerings, and for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. It will provide for everything necessary for the work of the the temple of our God. We have cast sacred lots to determine when, at regular times each year, the families of the priests, Levites, and the common people should bring wood to God's temple to be burned on the altar of the Lord our God, as is written in the law. We promise to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year, whether it be a crop from the soil or from our fruit trees. We agree to give God God, our oldest sons and the firstborn of all our herds and flocks, as prescribed in the law. We will present them to the priests who minister in the temple of our God. We will store the produce in the storerooms of the temple of our God. We will bring the best of our flour and other grain offerings, the best of our fruit, and the best of our new wine and olive oil. And we promise to bring to the Levites a tenth of everything our land produces, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our rural towns. A priest, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites as they receive these tithes, and a tenth of all that is collected as tithes will be delivered by the Levites to the temple of our God and placed in the storerooms. The people and the Levites must bring these offerings of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms and place them in the sacred containers near the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. Nehemiah chapter 11 in the New Living Translation The people occupy Jerusalem. The leaders of the people were living in Jerusalem, the holy city. A tenth of the people from the other towns of Judah and Benjamin were chosen by sacred lots to live there too, while the rest stayed where they were. And the people commended everyone who volunteered to resettle in Jerusalem. Here is a list of the names of the provincial officials who came to live in Jerusalem. Most of the people, priests, Levites, temple servants, and descendants of Solomon's servants continued to live in their own homes in the various towns of Judah but some of the people from Judah and Benjamin resettled in Jerusalem. From the tribe of Judah, 
Ethaiah, son of Uzziah, son of Zechariah, son of Amariah, son of Shephatiah, son of Mahalalel, of the family of Perez. Also, Maasiah, son of Baruch, son of Colhose, son of Heziah, son of Adiah, son of Joyarib, son of Zechariah, of the family of Shelah. There were 468 descendants of Perez who lived in Jerusalem, all outstanding men. From the tribe of Benjamin, Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Joed, son of Pediah, son of Koliah, son of Maasiah, son of Ithiel, son of Jeshiah. After him were Gabai and Salai, and a total of 928 relatives. Their chief officer was Joel, son of Zikri, who was assisted by Judah, son of Hasenua, second in command over the city. From the priests, Jediah, son of Joarib, Jachin, and Zariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Merioth, son of Ahitub, the supervisor of the temple of God. Also, 822 of their associates, who worked at the temple. Also, Adiah, son of Jerohem, son of Pelilala, son of Amzi, son of Zechariah, son of Pashur, son of Melchijah, along with 242 of his associates, who were heads of their families. Also, Amashai, son of Azarel, son of Azai, son of Meshilamoth, son of Immer, and 128 of his outstanding associates. Their chief officer was Zabdiel, son of Hagadolim. From the Levites, Shemaiah, son of Hashab, son of Azrikam, son of Hashabiah, son of Buni. Also, Shabbathai and Josabad, who were in charge of the work outside the temple of God. Also, Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zabdi, a descendant of Asaph, who led in thanksgiving and prayer. Also, Bakbukiah, who was Mataniah's assistant, and Abda, son of Shamua, son of Galal, son of Jaduthan. In all, there were 284 Levites in the holy city. From the gatekeepers, Akab, Talman, and 172 of their associates who guarded the gates. The other priests, Levites, and the rest of the Israelites lived wherever their family inheritance was located in any of the towns of Judah. The temple servants, however, whose leaders were Ziha and Gishpa, all lived on the hill of Ophel. The chief officer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Uzi, son of Bani, son of Hashabiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micah, a descendant of Asaph, whose family served as singers at God's temple. Their daily responsibilities were carried out according to the terms of a royal command. Pethahiah, son of Meshezabel, a descendant of Zerah, son of Judah, was the royal advisor in all matters of public administration. As for the surrounding villages, with their open fields, some of the people of Judah lived in Kiriath Arba with its settlements, Dibon with all its settlements, and Jechabzeel with its villages. They also lived in Jeshua, Molada, Beth Pellet, Hazar Shual, Beersheba with its settlements, Ziklag, and Mekona with its settlements. They also lived in Enrimen, Zora, Jarmuth, Zenoa, 
and Adulam with their surrounding villages. They also lived in Lachish with its nearby fields and Azekah with its surrounding villages. So the people of Judah were living all the way from Beersheba in the south to the valley of Hinnom. Some of the people of Benjamin lived at Geba, Michmash, Aijah, and Bethel with its settlements. They also lived in Anathoth, Nob, Ananiah, Hazor, Ramah, Gitaim, Hadid, Zeboim, Nebalot, Lod, Ono, and the Valley of Craftsmen. Some of the Levites who lived in Judah were sent to live with the tribe of Benjamin. Nehemiah chapter 12 in the New Living Translation A History of the Priests and Levites Here is the list of the priests and Levites who returned with Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua the high priest, Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Maluk, Hattush, Shechaniah, Harim, Meramoth, Ido, Genethon, Abijah, Miniamin, Moadiah, Bilga, Shemaiah, Joyarib, Zediah, or sorry, Jediah, Salu, Emach, Hilkiah, and Jediah. Two Jediahs, because that's such a common name. These were the leaders of the priests and their associates in the days of Jeshua. The Levites who returned with them were Jeshua, Binuai, Kadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Mataniah, who with his associates was in charge of the songs of thanksgiving. Their associates, Bakbukiah and Uni, stood opposite them during the service. Jeshua, the high priest, was the father of Joachim. Joachim was the father of Elishib. Elishib was the father of Joiada. Joiada was the father of Johanan. Johanan was the father of Jadua. Now when Joachim was high priest, the family leaders of the priests were as follows. Moriah was leader of the family of Sariah. Hananiah was the leader of the family of Jeremiah. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ezra. Johanan was the leader of the family of Amariah. Jonathan was the leader of the family of Maluk. Joseph was the leader of the family of Shechaniah. Adna was the leader of the family of Harim. Helkai was the leader of the family of Merimoth. Zechariah was the leader of the family of Ido. Meshulam was the leader of the family of Ginnathon. Zikri was the leader of the family of Abijah. There was also a leader of the family of Miniamin. Piltai was leader of the family of Moadiah. Shemua was leader of the family of Bilga. Jehonathan was leader of the family of Shemaiah. Mataniah was leader of the family of Joyarib. Uzi was the leader of the family of Jediah. Kalai was leader of the family of Salu. Eber was leader of the family of Amok. Hashabiah was leader of the family of Hilkiah. And Nethanel was the leader of the family of the other Jediah. A record of the Levite families was kept during the years when Eliashib, Joiada, Johanan, and Jadua served as high priest. Another record of the priests was kept during the reign of Darius the Persian. A record of the heads of the Levite families was kept in the Book of History down to the days of Johanan, the grandson of Eliashib. These were the family leaders of the Levites. Hashabiah, Sherebiah, Jeshua, Binui, Cadmiel, and other associates who stood opposite them during the ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving 
one section responding to the other, as commanded by David, the man of God. This included Mataniah, Bakbukiah, and Obadiah. Meshulam, Talman, and Akub were the gatekeepers in charge of the storerooms at the gates. These all served in the days of Joiakim, son of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and in the days of Nehemiah and the governor, and of Ezra the priest and scribe. Dedication of Jerusalem's Wall For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophethites. They also came from Beth Gilgal and the rural areas near Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. The priests and Levites first purified themselves, then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I led the leaders of Judah to the top of the wall and organized two large choirs to give thanks. One of the choirs proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the Dung Gate. Hoshiah and half the leaders of Judah followed them, along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. Then came some priests who played trumpets, including Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Mataniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zachur, a descendant of Asaph. And Zechariah's colleagues were Shemaiah, Azarel, Milalai, Gilalai, Maai, Nethanel, Judah, and Hanani. They used the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led this procession. At the fountain gate, they went straight up the steps on the ascent of the city wall toward the city of David. They passed the house of David and then proceeded to the water gate on the east. The second choir giving thanks went northward around the other way to meet them. I followed them together with the other half of the people along the top of the wall past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall, then past the Ephraim gate to the old city gate, past the fish gate and the tower of Hananel, and on to the tower of the hundred. Then we continued on to the sheep gate and stopped at the guard gate. The two choirs that were giving thanks then proceeded to the temple of God, where they took their places. So did I, together with the group of leaders who were with me. We went together with the trumpet-playing priests, Eliakim, Maasiah, Miniamin, Micaiah, Elioenai, Zechariah, and Hananiah, and the singers, Maasiah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzi, Jeho- Jehohanan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. They played and sang loudly under the direction of Jezrehiah, the choir director. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could not be heard far away. Sorry, could be heard far away. Provisions for temple worship. On that day, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the offerings, the first part of the harvest, and the tithes. They were responsible to collect from the fields outside the towns the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. 
For all the people of Judah took joy in the priests and Levites and their work. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as commanded by David and his son Solomon, and so did the singers and the gatekeepers. The custom of having choir directors to lead the choirs in hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So now, in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel brought a daily supply of food for the singers, the gatekeepers, and the Levites. The Levites, in turn, gave a portion of what they received to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. Okay, so this one was a little bit better as far as it wasn't just all names this time, although there were some names. I, the first thing I noticed was all the gates, the guard gate, the sheep gate, the old city gate, the Ephraim gate, the dung gate, lots of gates. Then we have the tower of the ovens. We have the broad wall. We have, oh, sorry. We also have the fish gate. That's important. The tower of Hananel and the tower of the hundred. So lots of towers as well. Interesting. Um, I liked when it was talking about the musicians and looking at all the instruments just makes me think, how do some churches rationalize not allowing instruments with the music if it was modeled in biblical times in the Old Testament to use instruments? Very interesting. Also, they did mention, or this chapter did mention that the women and children participated, but it did not name any of the women as instrumentalists or singers. So I'm just wondering how they participated. If they were just the quote unquote congregation, or if they were part of the choir or instrumentalists. Very interesting. So those were the thoughts that I had about this chapter, and I appreciate you guys being around and listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we will see you next time. Nehemiah chapter 13 in the New Living Translation. Nehemiah's Various Reforms. On that same day, as the book of Moses was being read to the people, the passage was found that said no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be permitted to enter the assembly of God for they had not provided the Israelites with food and water in the wilderness. Instead, they hired Balaam to curse them, though our God turned the curse into a blessing. When this passage of the law was read, all those of foreign descent were immediately excluded from the assembly. Before this had happened, Eliashib, the priest, (laughs) who had been appointed as supervisor of the storerooms of the temple of our God, and who was also a relative of Tobiah, had converted a large storeroom, storage room and placed it at Tobiah's disposal. The room had previously been used for storing the grain offerings, the frankincense, various articles for the temple, and the tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil, which were prescribed for the Levites, the singers, and the gatekeepers, as well as the offerings for the priests. I was not in Jerusalem at that time, for I had returned to King Artaxerxes of Babylon in the 32nd year of his reign, though I later asked his permission to return. 
When I arrived back in Jerusalem, I learned about Eliashib's evil deed in providing Tobiah with a room in the courtyards of the temple of God. I became very upset and threw all of Tobiah's belongings out of the room. Then I demanded that the rooms be purified, and I brought back the articles for God's temple, the grain offerings, and the frankincense. I also discovered that the Levites had not been given their prescribed portions of food, so they and the singers who were to conduct the worship services had all returned to work their fields. I immediately confronted the leaders and demanded, Why has the temple of God been neglected? Then I called all the Levites back again and restored them to their proper duties. And once more, all the people of Judah began bringing their tithes of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the temple storerooms. I assigned supervisors for the storerooms, Shelemiah the priest, Zadok the scribe, and Padiah, one of the Levites. And I appointed Hanan, son of Zakur, and grandson of Mataniah, as their assistant. These men had an excellent reputation, and it was their job to make honest distributions to their fellow Levites. Remember this good deed, O my God, and do not forget all that I have faithfully done for the temple of my God and its services. In those days, I saw men of Judah treading out their wine presses on the Sabbath. They were also bringing in grain, loading it on donkeys, and bringing their wine, grapes, figs, and all sorts of produce to Jerusalem to sell on the Sabbath. So I rebuked them for selling their produce on that day. Some men from Tyre, who lived in Jerusalem, were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise. They were selling it on the Sabbath to the people of Judah and in Jerusalem at that. So I confronted the nobles of Judah. Why are you profaning the Sabbath in this evil way? I asked. Wasn't it just this sort of thing that your ancestors did that caused our God to bring all this trouble upon us and our city? Now you are bringing even more wrath upon Israel by permitting the Sabbath to be desecrated in this way. Then I commanded that the gates of Jerusalem should be shut as darkness fell every Friday evening, not to be opened until the Sabbath ended. I sent some of my own servants to guard the gates so that no merchandise could be brought in on the Sabbath day. The merchants and tradesmen with a variety of wares camped outside Jerusalem once or twice, but I spoke sharply to them and said, What are you doing out here, camping around the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. And that was the last time they came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and to guard the gates in order to preserve the holiness of the Sabbath. Remember this good deed also, O my God. Have compassion on me according to your great and unfailing love. About the same time, I realized that some of the men of Judah had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Furthermore, half their children spoke the language of Ashdod or of some other people and could not speak the language of Judah at all. So I confronted them and called down curses on them. I beat some of them and pulled out their hair. I made them swear in the name of God that they would not let their children intermarry with the pagan people of the land. Wasn't this exactly what led King Solomon of Israel into sin, I demanded? There was no king from any nation who could compare to him, and God loved him and made him king over all Israel. But even as he was led into sin by his foreign wives, sorry, but even he was led into sin by his foreign wives. How could you even think of committing this sinful deed and acting unfaithfully toward God by marrying foreign women? 
One of the sons of Joiada, son of Eliashib, the high priest, had married a daughter of Sanballat, the Horonite, so I banished him from my presence. Remember them, O my God, for they have defiled the priesthood and the solemn vows of the priests and Levites. So I purged out everything foreign and assigned tasks to the priests and Levites, making certain that each knew his work. I also made sure that the supply of wood for the altar and the first portions of the harvest were brought in at the proper times. Remember this in my favor, O my God.